Well, we're in a series entitled Mark It Up. We're looking at the Gospel of Mark. And from the Gospel of Mark, the life of Jesus, we're saying, Lord, teach us. And mark it up means to to take it to a higher level, to increase something. And I believe God wants to increase something in our lives, in your faith. And that's what we're looking at, the life of Jesus, and, and to increase and become more like Jesus. This weekend, I want to speak on the subject, spiritual warfare. So if you have your Bible or you have your Westover app, you can join me in the Bible. It is Mark chapter 5. We're going to look at a count Jesus in which he confronted a man that was possessed by a demon. And we want to talk about spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Uh, as I go into this, I want to just say to the online church, this is a lesson, this is a teaching your children need to be a part of. So if they're in another room, go ahead and have them join us and be a part of this because understanding what the Bible says about spiritual warfare, about the devil, is important. Now, what do we understand about the devil from the Bible? We understand, number one, he's a created being. He was created by God. But God did not create him evil. God created him good. He was an archangel in heaven. And according to Scripture, both Old Testament and New Testament, he sinned and rebelled against God, and he was cast out of heaven. Number two, he is a spiritual being. And number three, he is real. And the devil and demonic spirits, they can possess. And we're going to read Scripture about that, and I'm going to explain it today. They can possess... A person, they can possess an, an entity or a system, an organization. They can, they can possess a philosophy. There are philosophies that are very popular around the world today and even in America that, uh, that promote a, 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 an idea or an ideology that does not align to Scripture that is opposed to everything that God is teaching, and it has become palatable because it is driven by a satanic or a devilish force. Now, Denise and I have traveled around the world from time to time on a missions trip, and we've gone to Asia, for example, and we've gone to the Middle East. We've been in the Holy Land, and both in Asia, frequently signs will have uh, uh, in uh, Japanese or, or in uh, Chinese character, which is a different alphabet than what we use, or even in Israel, it's the signs are written in Hebrew, and they don't use the same alphabet we use. And you can look at the signs, and you can't even figure out what it says if you go by English or the uh, alphabet that we use in English. And that is to say that sometimes in life, we look at things, and we see things politically. We're seeing things scientifically. We're seeing things economically. But we're not reading the signs in the spiritual realm. And there are things that are happening in our world right now that we're assigning a scientific or an economic or philosophical uh, idea to it or definition to it. And I want to suggest that there could be a spiritual dimension to it. Now, in every one of us, our homes, we probably have some kind of security. You lock the front door, probably have a security system on your apartment or your house. Moreover, uh, you probably have your home internet. You probably have a password that is able to protect your uh, home internet. Many of us 
think very clearly and have a good understanding of home or internet security, but don't have an understanding of spiritual security and protection. And that is to say that there are ideas out there that are on the internet in conversation and in culture. And I'll use the word culture. The Bible uses this, the spirit of the age. And I will say not everything that's in culture is of God. Just because it's normalized and because it's popular doesn't mean it's of God. The Bible warns us against the spirit of this age or the spirit of culture, things that become just palatable in culture that are, are forces and ideas that, that are not godly ideas and righteous ideas. And we as people of faith, there are times we need to feel uncomfortable with culture. And many of you do. You're Christ followers. You say, I'm not comfortable with what's saying. I'm not comfortable with what's going on. It it grieves my, not just your heart, it grieves your spirit appropriately so. And one of the key characteristics when you have demonic activity is deception. Deception. Let me just say to all the students and the youth in the room, that's why your parents are so adamant that you not tell a lie. They would always rather you tell the truth, even if it's not something they want to hear, than to hear you tell a lie. Why? Because uh, lies are the area of deception, and it begins to open the door for satanic activity in our life, for satanic thoughts in our life. And, and this can happen in the news media. There could be deception in the news media. There could be deception on the Internet. Deception is a key characteristic where there is demonic activity. Now, I will tell you, I have a Facebook account. But I have somebody, and I've never figured out who it is. Somebody goes out there, and they are creating frequently, we have to report it over and over again, fraudulent Facebook accounts that people take my picture, my name, and purport to be for me and have contacted people in the church to donate money to them and say, this is Pastor Jim and I want you to send money to this account because we have a special need. I had two of them last week. Let me tell you, don't, don't ever send money to them people. I will never contact you that way and I'm never going to ask you to send money or donate or whatever to some account out there. That's not how I do it, but it is deception. And I think that sometimes the enemy, Satan, is saying, buy into this, be a part of this, and it appears on the front to sound good. It's palatable. It's what everybody is doing. It's, it's popularized. It's in our culture. And God's saying it's not of him. We need to be very discerning today to know what is of God. That's why we're talking about spiritual warfare In the Westover app or in the gospel, Mark chapter 5, Jesus encounters a man that is possessed by a devil. Let's begin reading Mark 5, verse 1 and following. They went across the lake to the region of Gerasenes. Jesus got out of the boat. A man with an impure spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with chains. Jesus went to the region of Decapolis, which is on the east side of Galilee. The moment he got out of a boat, here came a man that's possessed by an evil spirit, possessed by the devil. The Bible says he, they tried to chain him and that not even chains could hold him. 
he, he seemed to exert some supernatural power to break the chains. Why were they chaining him? Because he was a danger to himself and a danger to others. The Bible tells us here in verse number 5 that he would cut himself. Hmm, isn't that interesting? We use the same word today, cutting. Let me just tell you, God will never lead you to harm yourself. If you're hearing voices and the voices are telling you to harm yourself, that is not a voice of God in your life. And the Bible says he was cutting himself and he came up to Jesus, and the Bible tells us in verse number 7, he said to Jesus, the demon spoke out of the man and said, Jesus, why are you here to torment us? Which brings me to verse number 8. For Jesus had said to him, come out of the man, you impure spirit. Then Jesus asked him, what is your name? My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. This man was was possessed by 6,000 demons. His name was Legion. A legion, a Roman legion, was 6,000 troops. This man was possessed by 6,000 demons. The Bible tells us that Jesus is going to cast the devil out of the man, and these 6,000 demons are going to inhabit a herd of pigs that were there. And the moment they go into this herd of pigs, the pigs will race down the hill and drown and kill themselves in Galilee. Now, why a herd of pigs? Is God against bacon? Does God hate? Does God, does God not want me to have a ham sandwich? They know if you eat a ham sandwich, you're not going to be possessed by a devil. What was it? It was in culture. In the area of Decapolis, they believed that they had a God and the God, would, and it was symbolized by a pig. Because the pig was a means of, of their economic uh, uh, way of earning income, and it was considered a something to be revered. And Jesus said, I'm going to cast the demons out, and I'm going to cast them into something in the culture. Here, culture can be a carrier of demonic activity. We need to understand that. Culture can be a carrier of demonic activity. And Jesus frees the man. Now, I want to talk about spiritual warfare And I have a few thoughts I want to share with you before we get into the main portion of my teaching today. The first thing I want to share with you is Christ followers, your believer in Jesus, a Christ follower cannot, cannot be demon-possessed. I'm going to repeat that because that's so important. A Christ follower, a genuine believer in Jesus cannot be demon-possessed. Jesus will tell us in Matthew chapter 12 that a house divided against it cannot stand, that God will not live in the same house where there is an evil spirit. So if you have Jesus in your life, you're a follower of Jesus, you cannot be demon-possessed. For all of the youth and young adults right here, that Hollywood has depicted that you could just open a closet door and a demon somehow just enter you and you'd be immediately possessed by a demon. It does not happen that way. It does not occur. And if you know Jesus, you cannot be possessed by an evil spirit. For you see, the name of Jesus drives out demons. Everything about Jesus repels demonic activity. When Jesus came on the scene, the demons say, why have you come to torment us? 
And if you have Jesus in your heart, you cannot be possessed by an evil spirit. In fact, 1 John chapter 4 will tell us, greater is the one that's in you than he that's in the world. The power of God and the spirit of God living in you is stronger and more powerful than the evil spirits in culture and around us today. Second all, I would like to share with you that every Christ follower, every Christ follower, we are in a spiritual war. Every Christ follower, we are engaging in spiritual warfare. You cannot be possessed by a devil, but the Bible says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10 that we are in a spiritual war, and the weapons of this war are not, are not natural. You don't have a gun. You can't have a baseball bat. You can't go down and get insurance from an insurance company against demons coming into your life or demons attacking you. No, it cannot happen. Why? They are spiritual. It's a spiritual battle that we're in. And the Bible says that the devil will bring forth uh, pretensions and ideas and philosophies that are hostile to God. And it's these ideas, these philosophies, these emotions, these addictions that will try to control us, but we have the ability to take authority over them. But I will share with you, demons can and they do exploit your emotions, your circumstances, and events. Demons can exploit emotions, circumstances, and events. That is to say, demonic activity and spiritual warfare, where you cannot be possessed by a devil if you're a Christ follower, a demonic spirit, the devil can come in and he can take an emotion or an experience in your life, exacerbate it, and use it as a way to beat you down, discourage you, bring profound fear anger, hostility, division, conflict in your life, your family, your home. Uh, all of us during this time of COVID, I would dare say you're a little sad that, that you can't go about normal life. Students, so I'm wanting to go back to school and now school is not going to happen. I was going to re-enroll in college and now it's being put or it's changed and I'm having to go online. I'm having to office from home. I can't go to work and we're in a situation where it's difficult with the kids and the family all together. It's, it's brought some conflict. That just happens in life. That just happens in life. But I want to suggest Many of us Christ followers, we have sensed during this time, not just normal sense of disappointment, but there has been a profound sense of sadness, gloominess, maybe even depression. And you say, I, I don't even know why I'm depressed. I don't know why I'm down. Uh, we have a job. Everything's going good. The family as well. But I just am feeling something. There's just something. There's a sadness. I just, I don't know what it is. It could be spiritual warfare. It could be a demonic spirit exploiting an emotion, using that to attack you and using that to discourage you during this time. We need to be cognizant. We need to be aware. We need to be discerning about spiritual warfare today. The enemy seeks to attack Christ's followers. Now with that, I want to share with you Concerning spiritual warfare, three principles, three understandings. The first one is the devil hates what God likes. The devil hates what God likes. The Bible tells us in Genesis chapter number one in the creation that God created the heavens and the earth. And the Bible says, and God said, let there be light. I want you to notice, God never said, let there be dark. 
God did not create dark. God created light to drive darkness out. God is light. In him is light. And there is no, according to the New Testament, any darkness at all. And we live in a world where there's a lot of darkness, a lot of a lot of compromising, questionable. There's a lot of confusion. In fact, between light and darkness, there's 50 shades of gray. You know that. You've heard that, okay? You can get in areas of compromise, uh, rationalizing God. God, what he likes, Satan hates. And the Bible tells us in Genesis 1 and 3 that God created the lightness, the light, and the Bible says, and God said of the light, it is good. He never called darkness good. God never called darkness good. He called light good. And God, he's giving us an illustration. God is in favor of light, of truth, of righteousness. And there's nothing of darkness the kingdom of darkness that God sees good because everything that God likes, Satan hates. And I want you to know God likes you. God loves you. You're a Christ follower. You're a, you're a bearer of the image of God. God likes you. Therefore, Satan hates you. That's why he attacks you. Because you are the bearer of the image of God, Satan wants to distort the image of God that you carry. Do you know that God loves worship? And guess what? Satan hates worship. Satan hates for God's people to gather, lift up their voice, and celebrate and sing to the Lord. That's why in worship... That there is an attack upon your mind and your emotions. Oh, I don't feel like worshiping today. And your mind wonders. You want to get your electronic device out and do something. Because God likes it. Satan hates it. And he will attack you. During this COVID time, and I want to speak to the church online for a moment. For the church online during COVID time. And many are watching and participating in a church online experience right now. My concern for you is this. You're not in church. You're at church online. That you can get in the habit of not joining in at the beginning of service time. You whisk the kids off to the TV room. You tell your, your, your husband to go over there. He has work to attend to. And you may or may not be participating. And you join in 10 minutes late and then things are going on. You'll get some more potato chips and you're sitting there and eating nachos. Sometimes paying attention and sometimes not paying attention. The enemy is stealing your spiritual appetite. And your faith and your faithfulness and your spiritual passion to God is being robbed. And my concern is some of us are five months now and our kids have not been in a spiritual experience because we're sending them off to the TV room and your kids are not under the influence of the presence of God. God loves worship. God loves the teaching of his word. And Satan hates it. And I guarantee you in church online, there will be an abundance of distractions every time you, church time comes. The friend will call you. Somebody will text you. Say, come on, let's go do. How about doing this? And all of a sudden, you have to engage them in conversations to distract you. In fact, some who are in the church online, it was a month ago. You said, you know what? I'm ready to go back to church. I'm, I, I think we're, I feel comfortable enough to do it. I'll wear a mask and I'll go back to church. But you haven't done it. Why? Your kids are out of the habit. 
Already your spiritual passion is, it's already just a battle to get back into church in the time you've been out because God loves your spiritual growth and Satan hates it. They tell us one of the symptoms of COVID-19, one of many, is people lose their appetite. I've heard people say, you know what, I had it and I've recovered, Pastor, but I went for several days. In fact, even after they recovered, I, I'm, I'm, po- I'm, I'm COVID negative, but I can't taste food. I can't taste food. And, and I decided, you know, I, I need to daily test to see if I'm COVID positive. Last night, I took a Bluebell ice cream test. Yeah. And I could taste it. Then later on in the day, I said, I needed the lasagna test. And I'll know if I'm, if I'm COVID positive, if, if I can taste the lasagna. And can I tell you, it tasted so good. Then I got up and said, you know, somehow maybe in the middle of the night, I got it. I better try the breakfast taco test. Then late last night, I decided, you know, I needed the cheeseburger test. I, I'm doing, I'm self-testing myself almost every three or four hours right now just to make sure, to make sure that food tastes the same. Can I just say spiritually, I wonder if some of us are losing our taste for the things of God. Been out of church so long, distracted our devotion, our worship life. And now we can, we, we, we're not even interested in worship. We're not even interested in the things of God. Doesn't matter whether we tune in or not. We're just going through the routine and everything else has captivated our attention. I remind you what scripture does in Psalm 27. David said, this one thing I desire and I will seek after all the days of my life that I may dwell in the presence of the Lord. That when the day of trouble comes, I will be hid in the sanctuary of his presence. We need God's presence. Don't lose your appetite for spiritual things. The devil hates what God likes. Number two, I share with you, sin. Sin attracts Satan. Sin attracts the devil. How does somebody get possessed by a demon? First off, No Christ follower can be possessed by a demon. We've said that. I'll repeat that. But how does a person get possessed by an evil spirit? Sin attracts Satan. Let me put it this way. Demons are like rats. And rats live in the garbage. Rats will always be found in the garbage heap. And demons are like rats. And there are things that can connect, that can contaminate our thought, our heart, our mind, our lives, our home. There are perhaps relationships, conversations, entertainment, thoughts, ideas, and opinions that we have bought into that are not palatable to Scripture that are contrary to God and his kingdom, but we've accepted it. And we've just bought into it. It's popular today. And we just allow it to be a part of our thinking and our thoughts. The Bible says this, Ephesians chapter number two, verse number two, 
there's a phrase in there that many of us have wondered what, what it means. It says that the devil, demons, they're spirits and their principalities and powers in the air. Huh, what does that mean? Evil spirits in the air. What does that mean? Does that mean the wind can blow and a demon just blows across the horizon? No. Let me, let me add a word to help us understand. There's principalities and powers of the airways. The airways. I'm talking about the internet. There's stuff on the internet that absolutely is belched from the bowels of hell. There are, there are websites we need to never participate in. and They need to be removed and cleansed from our search. We, we, we need to block it. We need to firewall it. Yes. Not everything and everyone in, in your Facebook world you need to friend. In fact, it would probably help some of us if we would unfriend some ungodly conversations. I have a habit. If somebody I've friended begins to use vulgar and crude and sexually explicit language, they get unfriended by me real quickly. That's not going to be on my Facebook feed. I'm not going to endorse it. That, I'm not going to say that I am friendly towards that because the Bible is unfriendly towards that. I need to set myself aside because sin attracts the devil. How does a person get possessed by a demon? Because they open a door of sin, of demonic activity in their life. You open a door, and you open a door, and the Bible says the spirit enters. You're not going to open a closet door. You're not going to just walk down the street and a demon come into you. No. But... When you, through your entertainment, your conversation, your practice, your lifestyle, through sinful practice, people can open the door. I'm going to give it, to, I'm going to give it a biblical phrase, witchcraft. Now, witchcraft is do not think of a lady with green skin, a pointy hat, and a broom, okay? That's not what I'm talking What is witchcraft? Witchcraft is anything that controls us that's not the Holy Spirit, Anything that controls us that's not the Holy Spirit, it's carrying the spirit of witchcraft. Be careful. What, what I'm talking about, there are people that are controlled by things that are not the Holy Spirit. All of us have probably seen at some point a news clip of, of uh, uh, a white supremacist on the news, and they hate a class of people for no other reason than they're different from them. And the hate and the the, the, the anger and the hostility, that's a spirit. That's an evil spirit. They have opened themselves up. There was a time, it was, a, it was, an, was an ethnic joke, but it went to, it's actually possessing their spirit. It's a part of who they are, and hatred can do that. Another example is addiction. Yes, addiction. Recreational drugs, the, the misuse of prescription drugs, alcohol, anything that, that impairs your defenses and your discernment. And people, when they're, isn't it a word? We use the word addiction. They're controlled by. They're empowered by. It, 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 it overcomes their life. And their emotions change. Their personality change. And it controls them while they're under the influence of this and while they're under the influence of it, their judgment and their defenses 
are impaired and lessened. That is a door of demonic activity that can come into a person's life. There is in America today a spirit of division. There was a time in American politics that somebody on the left and somebody on the right could have opposing views on an idea or a piece of legislation. They could walk out and on the main street they could shake hands and be friendly. But today there is polarization. There is a spirit of division in America that if somebody has a different opinion, you're to hate them. You're to go on social media and attack them. That's a spirit that's in the land. There is a spirit of murder in America today where people take guns and walk into schools, malls, and and, uh, theaters and shoot and murder people for no other reason. They they have no relationship with these people, just a spirit of murder. That is in our country today. Something is controlling in culture today that we, we cannot pass a law against it. You cannot get a security system against it. It is, it is a spirit in our culture today. Example, a man walks into uh, Sandy Hook Elementary School, shoots 26 people, murders 20 of them are children. That is not a crime. That is satanic. That is satanic. That, that, that came from the very depths of hell. Drug cartels that brutalize people across the southern border, extort people, abuse them, murder people, uh, sever their heads and put them on bridges. That's, that's not just an underworld crime. That is satanic and demonic that's going on down there. That's from hell. When, when young ladies are kidnapped and are trafficked for the pleasure and the exploitation of of appetites of, of, of men and doing it for profit. That's, that's just not underworld crime. That is satanic and that is evil. There are things in our culture today that Satan has got his foothold in and it's not just a wrong, it's not just an evil, it's demonic possession that possesses both the system and the persons doing it because Satan is attracted to sin. Number three, And in just a moment, we're going to call the worship team out and we're going to lift our voices and worship the Lord. And I'm going to call us Christ followers. I think some of us have sensed sadness and profound gloominess and maybe even depression. And your your heart and your spirit is heavy during this time. I'm going to call you into worship. Do what God loves and Satan hates. And that's worship. Number three, submission to God defeats the devil. Submission to God defeats the devil. The Bible tells us in James chapter 4, verse number 7, submit to God and resist the devil. And what does he do? He flees from you. He flees. Well, what do you do? How, how do you fight the devil? You just submit to God. What do you mean? Just say, God, my home, my house, we're going to submit to God. I'm going to bring this home and this household under the covering of God's protection. There will not be any entertainment. There will not be music. There will not be movies. There will not be conversations. There will not be activities. You're not going to drag something in from the outside that is hostile to God and store it in my refrigerator. You're not going to say certain things. We're not going to use certain language. This house is going to honor the Lord, and I'm going to bring this house under the submission of God. And when you do, the devil has to leave. He has no place. 
Because Jesus has authority over the devil. The devil has power, but Jesus has authority. The devil had power to possess a man. Jesus could walk up and say, come out of him. And instantly the devil has to leave. Why? Because God has authority over the powers of Satan. You're a Christ follower. Jesus has the authority, and you can exercise the authority of Jesus in your life to drive out things that want to control your home, your family, and your uh, life. You can do that. You can do that. I grew up as a boy watching the great boxer, Muhammad Ali. Those who lived through the Muhammad Ali era, you remember him, the great boxer, who would float like a butterfly and sting like a bee. You get him in the ring, he would dance around, and then all of a sudden he would deliver that, that brutal blow. Ken Norton, the boxer, says when Muhammad Ali would hit you, it would hit you with force that would crumble a brick wall. He was a great boxer. Yes. It's a brutal sport. They ought to outlaw it, but until they do, I'm going to keep watching it. I just you know, tell you. <laughs> I can remember watching Muhammad Ali boxing matches with my dad sitting around the television. How did Muhammad Ali start his boxing career? Muhammad Ali will tell you. He recorded this. He said, I was 12 years old. Somebody stole my bicycle. He said, I was so mad. I was so mad. I told the police, if I find the person that ever stole my bicycle, I'll whoop him. And the police officer told Muhammad Ali as a boy, then you need to learn how to box. So in Louisville, Kentucky, he went down to the gym and began to learn to box. And he became the heavyweight champion of the world. That's Muhammad Ali. When he was in the ring, he was in the ring before the boxing match, before round one, the bell rang, and they would go out for round one and meet in the middle of the ring. On either corner, the two boxers, coaches are talking to them and telling them what to do and keep your left up and guard against this and so forth. Muhammad Ali said, I would look across the ring and I would tell myself, he's the one that stole your bike. Now go out there and get even with him. Muhammad Ali said, I went out to the middle of the ring and I just remember the energy and the disgust I had when that that person stole my bike at age 12 and I would just beat on him and said, I want my bike back. I want my bike back. What am I saying? Satan has stole your joy. For some of you, he stole your worship. He has stole your spiritual growth. He has stole your confidence in God. He's trying to steal your dream. He's trying to steal your family. He's trying to steal the gift that God's given you. And I'm here to say it's time to get it back. It's time to get back what the enemy has taken from you. And I'm going to invite you to stand right now and in worship. I want you to declare, I'm getting it back. Jesus, you have the authority. And I want back what the enemy is trying to steal from me. I want to have confidence. I want to have the joy of the Lord again in my heart. Pastor Lindsay, lead us in worship.